Okay. Just FYI, if you go searching for a tan mom porn, you're not going to actually see tan mom doing the sex. Or even naked, I don't think. Hi. Hi. Welcome to another episode of Go Deep in the Shallow. We are Colleen and Bradley. We are uh, hosts of a midday radio show on My Talk 1071. If you have not listened to that, please listen. We've got an app. We've got a website, mytalk1071.com. But one of the things we love is going deep in the shallow of celebrity stories. And this season on Go Deep in the Shallow, we kind of decided to do a series, if you will. We're talking about Gina Rodriguez. She is a talent manager, not the star of Jane the Virgin, a different Gina Rodriguez. Yeah, totally different. And if you're not up on kind of the groundwork of who Gina Rodriguez is and why she fascinates us, you're going to want to go back and listen to week one. But now we have sort of tiptoed into the part of the series where we're going to talk about some of the people that Gina Rodriguez has worked with. So real quick sort of recap, Gina Rodriguez has made a, a name for herself by extending people who have about 15 seconds of fame mm-hmm. into 15 minutes of yeah. fame. And there are many people that you would recognize. And the one that we are going to uh, focus our efforts and energy and love on today is Tan Mom. I just want to be tan. I just want to be tan. So Tan Mom came on the scene in 2012, Bradley. And uh, do you recall what it was that got our attention? Oh, yeah, because she was tanning. With her five-year-old daughter. Yes, that's a slight uh, asterisk to that story. No, uh, Tan Mom, Patricia Krenzel from Nutley, New Jersey, came on the scene in a viral interview. I mean, the story went viral, but um, I think once the public saw and heard Tan Mom, Patricia Krenzel, they were like, oh, this is an interesting lady. And uh, she, you know, very quickly became a sort of, again, just viral star, having allegedly supposedly taken her daughter to a tanning booth. But really, the story sounds more like she took her daughter with her while she tanned. But I think a little bit of that got lost in translation, or at least we didn't really care about details at that point. So it was just like, she's tanning her child and she's going to go to jail forever. And she's a horrible, horrible mom. Right. So the way that, you know, and this is what I think is really interesting about what Gina Rodriguez does is because when things go viral, they sort of take on a life of their own. They're they're sort of beholden to the way that the public chews up and spits out the story. Yeah. So the story, the way it, the way it was told, to your point, was very different from how it actually happened, and all of that was proven in court. Yeah. The way the story was told was that Tan Mom showed up at the tanning booth and put her pale, pasty five year old in the booth. Yeah. That's not what happened. She went to go tanning herself and had her five year old with her. Her five-year-old was in the room while she tanned. The reason why she caught everybody's attention was a little bit because of her appearance. I was going to say, I mean, the fact that she was the color of leather, leather, a naugahyde chair. Really? Yeah. That caught the attention of the public. And the delightful voice. And her delightful voice and, and cadence. And then the fact that this, I mean, you know, people love to hop on moms. For being terrible moms. Yeah, bad mom. Right? So this whole story fed into all of that because she's got this pale, which I relate to this because I'm a redhead, pale five-year-old daughter who shouldn't be anywhere near a tanning bed Yeah, in the tanning room with her. Yeah, and this comes at a period of time where we're about to just be inundated with bad moms. I mean, so she's really just part of this whole universe of 
bad moms, you know, and we're going to talk about Octomom, Farrah Abraham, Teen Mom, you know, literally. Mama June. There's so many moms. It very much sort of hit on all the points. Like, here's a mom doing something horrible, and she's also, you know, a caricature in and of herself, and that lends itself to prime time interest from America's public. And, you know, at that time, in our in our careers, we were focusing on these viral sensations. This was something that was interesting to us as radio hosts. Yeah. We knew because we don't host the drive time shows that we would get the attainable celebrities. Yeah. And like D-list and below was our attainable celebrity. Well, yeah. And also they're just more interesting. Like how many times can you talk about like the same like cookie cutter celebrity that's been served up to you by a tabloid and a like celebrity industrial complex that sort of smooths all the rough edges off of people's like actual interesting idiosyncrasies. And so all of a sudden you have this group of people who are not playing by the rules, but are equally delightful, colorful, and expressive in a way that sort of breaks through the just monotony of like, here's this wonderful celebrity doing wonderful things. Let's talk about their life. Right. We like the unpolished. We like the the rough, rough around the edges uh, celebrities. And that's what Tan Mom was for us. And that's what she offered. And plus, she was a character. So we had our own relationship with Tan Mom. So we invited Tan Mom to be on the show. And that sort of gave way to a whole bizarre relationship with Tan Mom. Yeah. So she came on our show, we interviewed her, uh, and she was just the character that we always imagined she would be. But at the time, the way we would get a hold of people was through Twitter, et cetera, and then we would just give them our phone numbers. So she had your phone number. Oh, yeah. So one day you called me, and you were like, you'll never believe what just happened. Well, I... And I don't remember exactly how this all went down, but I think it was because of, I'm assuming, our communication for the interview that, you know, we have each other's information because, again, we must have gotten her phone number and then I texted her. I don't know how that I I don't know how she got my number, but she did. And so we would text back and forth. I should have probably looked to see if I could find. In fact, maybe I'll do that while we're talking about it or um, while you're talking the next Mm -hmm. time you're talking. (laughs) We started texting back and forth, but then she called and I was like, this is really weird. Uh, I'm not quite sure why this human being is calling me, although at the same time, I do realize the value of what's happening. And um, this was actually, I I believe there was more than one conversation where I found myself on the couch listening to Tan Mom tell me about the just crazy things going on in her life. And I, you know, this was sort of past the initial like Tan Mom Right. Arrival on the scene. In fact, I I can't I'm having a hard time with the timeline of knowing like I think this was before she went to treatment. And I use that in loose quotes. We'll get to that story, I'm sure, at some point. But this was before that. Mm -hmm. And but after the initial sort of tan mom sensation. And a lot of the conversation honestly dealt with her relationship with Gina Rodriguez. She was at a point with Gina Rodriguez where she was not happy with the career that she had. She thought Gina should be doing more for her. She thought Gina was like keeping her from being able to do things. And I do remember feeling like she wanted some kind of encouragement for like, you know, like she wanted somebody to tell her, you have all this power, you have all this opportunity, you need to just take life by the horns and, you know, don't worry what Gina Rodriguez says. But at the same time, it's like, you're tan mom, you have someone like Gina Rodriguez 
I never, it's hard to know what Gina Rodriguez really was doing and saying, but from my perspective now, there's a certain amount of distance where I'm like, Gina Rodriguez was probably just requiring her to, you know, play the game, so to speak. And we can talk about that, you know, like doing interviews, like Gina's probably booking her interviews. She's getting her, you know, endorsement deals, but they're not probably what Patricia wanted or Patricia was getting to the point where she felt like she deserved more like a bigger percentage uh, of what was going on or earned, uh, deserved more money. I very much had the impression that she was, she wanted somebody to tell her that she deserved more than what she was getting from Gina Rodriguez. And this is the part that I find to be like the most fascinating study of the person, the type of person that Gina Rodriguez um, represents because tan mom walked into that tanning booth because it was like a Tuesday, right? I mean, I don't know what day of the week it was, but it doesn't matter. It was like a Tuesday. She went into a tanning booth. The next thing that happened is she went viral, right? That She was about to have a career that she had never planned on having. And Gina Rodriguez stepped in and, get, and like turned that viral moment into an actual viable career for her. And what happens in those situations, and this is what I find fascinating, like this is the study, this is the place where like I want to spend time, is what happens in the psychology of somebody who suddenly has notoriety and attention and a career that they didn't plan on having and thinks that there is more to that. Where While Gina Rodriguez is the actual expert making all the stuff go, and the tension of that is what you were listening to in that moment. Oh, for sure. Right? So we went on to have kind of a relationship with with Tan Mom where she would pop up on our show every twice in a while. We'd invite her on. But what was going on at the same time was the the workings, the gears that uh, Gina Rodriguez, the formula. She was being run through the Gina Rodriguez formula. And what that started with, and this is what I, you know, this is what probably, I I don't want to like borrow her brain, but probably was frustrating for Tan Mom is that she maybe didn't even see the purpose of all the things that she was doing. Because part of what Gina Rodriguez's uh, formula with her was, was to get her out doing things, sometimes not paid, but just to get the attention. Because each time she got attention and she got column inches in any tabloid, it made a better case for the things that would make money later on, whether it was nightclub appearances or horns which we will get to that. Horns. Horns. Uh, her, she had a relationship with Howard Stern. She sort of caught his eye. And so she would be on his show as a regular. Um, yeah, I'd be curious quite to know some time. if she booked, if, if she's the one who got Tan Mom to Howard Stern, because that sort of took on a whole new level of her career after she was done working with Gina Rodriguez. I'm not clear exactly when that happened, but, you know, there was this whole... She, the, Howard came after rehab, if I you know, remember correctly. Right. So, but that was like, she ultimately was able to, to, you know, take it to another level, no doubt in part because of the exposure that Gina Rodriguez had gotten her. So we talked in the last episode about the Gina Rodriguez formula and some of the things that popped up in that conversation that we can apply to Tan Mom are things like the porn. So, okay, just FYI, if you go searching for a Tan Mom porn, you're not going to actually see Tan Mom doing the sex or even naked. I don't think she had a cameo in a porn called Kings of New York Two. It was a gay porn. And uh, of course, in reading about her, the gays love tan mom. 
Because she's a character. Yeah. I mean, she's a full-blown character. She uh, earned $1,000 for what ended up being a few hours of work. And this was all okay. negotiated by Gina Rodriguez. Yeah, I'm sure. Because in the first episode, we talked about the fact that Gina Rodriguez has ties to the porn industry, having previously been in that industry. Yeah. And so she does like really shrewd negotiations that result in a lot of money, but also proceeds for people if they'll consent to do porn. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the way she did it. And the director of this porn, Kings of New York 2, one wonders what happened in Kings of New York 1. Probably a lot of the same thing. That necessitated a sequel. Anyway, uh, the director said she seemed to be having a great time, but it was definitely a challenging day. In the end, she delivered Tan Mom in all her glory, and that's what people are infatuated with. Yeah. Job well done, right? So if you want to see Tan Mom in a porn, thank you to Gina Rodriguez, you absolutely can. Yeah. Kings of New York, too. Uh, the other thing that she uh, that was part of the Gina Rodriguez formula, and I've yet to really figure out how this all worked, but there was a period of time where a lot of Gina Rodriguez's clients went to rehab at the same time. Well, and that caused some some like rifts between... Yeah, that caused some rifts in relationships with not only the people that went to rehab, but also with Gina Rodriguez. Right. So they all were in, at rehab at a place called the Lukens Institute, which is was something that Michael Lohan yep. was affiliated with the Lukens Institute. Michael Lohan was a client of Gina Rodriguez. Yep. So at the same time... Michael Lohan and the storyline was that he helped Tan Mom get into rehab. Yep. And while she was there, Farah Abraham, one of Gina Rodriguez's other clients, was also there. Yep. And the rumors that kept on coming out of that and all of this served a greater purpose. Like when you look at sort of the the tangled web of mm-hmm. Gina Rodriguez, she had an interest in Michael Lohan, an interest in Lucan's Institute, right? And getting that name out there, an interest in Tan Mom and her being in headlines, and Teen Mom, Farrah Abraham. The stories that came out of the Lukens Institute were that Tan Mom and Farrah Abraham, Teen Mom, had a lot of tension. And I think that that resulted in a bigger storyline where they were going to like have a boxing match or something that never came to fruition. Well, and Tan Mom, or uh, Teen Mom, I got to get my moms correct. So Farrah Abraham allegedly, supposedly tried to take photos or took a photo of Tan Mom in the thing, in the in treatment, like during group. Mm-hmm. And that got her kicked out. That got Farrah Abraham kicked out of treatment because obviously you can't do that. Right. And I remember specifically us, we covered that story. Like there was all this drama down there because I know we've had Michael Lohan on the show. We've had Tan Mom on the show. We've had Fair Abraham on the show. We've had all of these. We've had Octomom on the show. We've had Mama June on the show. And Octomom, you know, also went to treatment. This was not a, the same experience for her. But anyway, so Fair Abraham got kicked out. And I think that's when Fair Abraham's relationship ended with Gina Rodriguez. Right. Because, you know, she had sort of run afoul of the rules. And it's like one thing to get publicity. And one thing, I hope. Hopefully that will just keep coming up in all of these stories is Gina Rodriguez. Like, I think it's easy to place all of the mistakes that her clients make on her when, in fact, she's managing like she's hurting cats. Right. And so she very often is probably trying to do her best to do right by them. That said, there's some contradiction to that. 
that we can talk about. But ultimately, you just get the impression that maybe she's maybe it's it's more the people she's dealing with that right. are causing some of the you know like salacious, crazy behaviors. Well, it's sort of the deal with the devil, right, that she makes, because when you're repping for a person who is trying to have an acting career or a movie career or a TV career, they sort of have an understanding of how they're going to be perceived by the public and how, you know, you kind of have to color inside the lines in order to get more jobs. Yeah. With this, it's like plucking people from obscurity from, you know, after they've gone viral and and then trying to kind of acquaint them to a a, a career path that isn't straight. Yeah. It isn't uh it's like a winding road. Some of the things that they have to do are going to get headlines but not money, etc. And so it really is like herding cats and she's dealing with Sort of, I mean, it's a genius model in the sense that nobody else is doing this. Nobody else is repping for these people who aren't aren't otherwise, you know, having a career. Yeah. And the more you do it, the more you establish relationships that help create like a, a system so that you can, you know, by the time you get to Sydney Leathers, by the time you get to some of the later people that she's worked with, um, Stormy Daniels, et cetera, she's already got a network of relationships that she can leverage to get those people in magazines, to get them on, you know, Inside Edition, which doesn't even exist anymore, right? I don't know what show, <laughs> but like those kinds of, right. is Inside Edition even on? I feel, I don't know, maybe it's a website. Know. But regardless, they, you know, Current Affair, mm. is that still around? How about Access Hollywood? Access Hollywood, for sure. Uh, and I'm sure like Entertainment Tonight even, like she has those networks and it's not because... You know, I'm sure it's been a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, you start with one relationship and then it's like, oh, you got anybody else we can talk to? And then over time that just and then people are like, well, who are you working with? Oh, get this person over to Gina Rodriguez. I'm right. sure that has just, you know, sort of inflated and evolved her her own brand. Right. It's it's really remarkable. Well, one of the other pieces of her formula, uh, and this to me is the most delightful piece of her formula, is she clearly has a relationship with a guy named Adam Barta. Mm-hmm. And Adam Barta truly was a musician in his own right. He was part of a boy band back when boy bands were a thing. They had like a hit and then he went off on his own and he produces music. And most of the music he produces now is with these viral celebrities. So he worked together with Tan Mom to drop a couple singles. Actually, he has, there are at least three singles featuring Tan Mom. Yeah, I feel Mom. like Tan Mom is like a, she sort of has taken off in the musical realm with Adam Barta in a way that other Gina Rodriguez characters have not. Well, it's clear that they have a friendship and that there's some oh, yeah. sort of joy in the two of them working well, together. Also, let's be clear, like she does have a relationship with Howard Stern now and I'm sure Adam's like, hey, leverage this relationship. I mean, it's good to have friends with Good friends. Okay, stick a pin in that because I'm. I want to circle back to that in one second. So she she first the first song that they did was a song called "Free to Be Me," Patricia Marie. I mean, that's my subtitle, yeah. but that's I mean that's the song. So Adam basically does the singing. He does the mixing, etc., yeah. and then sort of offers an opportunity to feature Tan Mom, and it gets headlines right because. Tan Mom is doing a song, gets attention. There's a couple other singles. One is called Life of the Party and another one is called Hashtag Glossy. But this Free to Be Me, Patricia Marie, I watched uh, this morning, I watched a segment on Howard Stern where he invited them on to perform it live. And? To a track. And? 
They had to try it twice. It didn't work. It was terrible. It it's like gives you secondhand embarrassment. It was she she knew the words, but she couldn't figure out how where she was in the music and had no rhythm and wasn't able to like bring it home. And poor Adam Barta is like doing his part. And finally, Howard just shuts it down. He's like, "Okay, well, now we're done with that. (laughs) Yeah, well, and you get that sense if you watch any of the videos of them like doing this, like they have to maneuver, produce, overcompensate for, you know, her inability to complete a sentence in many cases. Mm -hmm. So but but isn't that part of the charm? Like like the whole thing is, again, it's it's only going to get you so far, but that's a lot farther than most people well, that and- that <laughs> have an opportunity at their turn of fame. Not that that in and of itself is a goal, but for a lot of people it is. And again, there's some you got to admire that or at least I admire that in people that they're like, well, uh, the moment is here. Let's do something. Let's arrive in it. Yeah. Well, and that's why I go back to that that quote from uh, Mark McNamara, who was the director of Kings of New York to the porn oh. that featured sound, you made it sound mom. so classy. Right. I did. In the end, she delivered tan mom in all her glory. And that's what people are infatuated with. And yeah. that's the thing. And that's the genius of all of this is that all Gina Rodriguez does is ask her people to be who they are in certain scenarios. And that in and of itself gets attention. And Adam Barta gets attention because he's working with Tan Mom and he's working with Tan Mom so he can get attention and she gets attention just because she's Tan Mom. Yeah. And that, my friends, is the genius of Gina Rodriguez and Tan Mom. Yeah. Although, do we even know are they working together any longer? You know, that's a good question. I don't know. And I tried to find out uh, if if they still are um Working together because I I will say like as we go forward in um, these conversations about Gina Rodriguez and who she works with specifically, it always seems like she can get them to a certain point and then it's really, you know, it's really up to them. And so I'd be curious to see at the end of, you know, at the end of this all. How long does she maintain these relationships on average? And does like the question I would have for Gina, Gina, if you're listening, and I'm sure you'll be listening to this entire series, the question I would have for Gina Rodriguez at this particular moment is, at what point do you know it's time to go in a different direction? I think that's a really good question. And one of the things I will say is that uh, Adam Barta is still one of her clients, and it is possible that I don't see Tan Mom on the list, and that could very well just be, like you said, they've parted ways. Yeah. But Adam Barta is still making music with her. Making the way in the world today. Mm, takes everything, everything you got. Everything you got. And it takes a little bit of Gene Rodriguez if uh, you're just a mom who tried to tan her child, but not really, but you had an amazing tan. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even talk about, you know, tan mom was able to come up with her own line of, what was that even? I think it was self-tanner. No, it uh, wasn't so And she had a skincare she, line. Yeah, because don't you remember she worked with that lady who had yeah. who was gonna like heal her skin and make her look, you know. There were a lot of false starts with yeah. things where, you know, maybe she was gonna do a YouTube series on skincare and then that never well, I always, took. I always thought like once she sort of you know, the thing I would have hoped for <laughs> here now here now is the segment that I like to call this these are my my hopes. My hopes for Tan. <laughs> hopes Mom. and dreams for Tan. I wish Mom. that that her relationship with Gina Rodriguez would have led like in a perfect world. I imagine tan mom having come to terms with the fact that maybe she's trying a little too hard to be tan. Mm -hmm. Right. 
I guess I don't want her to be tan mom. I want her to evolve into like, I was going through this very tan experience. And then I decided, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to know who the real Patricia Krenzel is. And then she stops tanning. She becomes an advocate for, you know, skin cancer awareness and goes on to write a book about her trials and tribulations. Instead, it's like she's doubled down. And there was clearly a rough patch for tan mom where Mm -hmm. she was struggling with Treatment is it, it is a hard one, right? Because it only works if somebody wants it to work. Right. And so just because you go to treatment doesn't mean it's going to stick. And it's clear that after she went to treatment, she was still struggling with alcohol because we saw her on red carpets mm-hmm. and she'd be falling down drunk. So again, like I worry about like the exploitation of this entire experience. Is it really creating uh, an opportunity for people to not just leverage their fame, but to also like... I don't know. Be their best selves. Improve their lives, yeah. right? And I think what we're going to hear more about that choice that people have when they start to work with someone like Gina Rodriguez. Like, you've been gifted this moment. What mm-hmm. are you going to do with it? And if we look at people like Tan Mom, and we're going to look at people like, in the next episode, we're going to look at Octo Mom. You know, like, what choices did she make with the fame that she received? Mama June, what choices did she make? And not that Gina Rodriguez is responsible for rehabilitating these people. I don't think that's what she thinks herself Uh, or that's what she thinks she is doing for people necessarily. Right. Like I said, in a perfect world, I see Tan Mom, you know, with a normal glow. As a high-powered executive. (laughs) Maybe not that, but yes. (laughs) But I do like that choose-your-own-adventure. And I also do think it is, I think that is the question to hold through all of this, is what choices did the people themselves make at any given juncture? Because it seems to me that Tan Mom gets the most attention when she's a hot mess. Well, and the hot mess keeps showing and up. And that says more about us. True. That's very about true. her. Like, we are excited. But I will tell you, having sat on the phone with Tan Mom on my very own couch, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, she's a delightful woman who's like a real person who has hopes and dreams, mm-hmm. just like we all do. Although, I feel like when she puts the booze down, she's a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really, you know, Tan Mom, honey, if you're listening. We love you. I will say every time I call my mom, Siri asks me, Mom or Tan Mom? I, my, mine did that for a while, too. And then I had to delete her number because I was afraid I was going to call her when I was trying to yeah. call my well, actual if, mom. If Tan Mom ever needs to call and reach out. and uh, We didn't even get on uh, touch on the subject as we wrap things up about the fact that we... Had a brush? We had a brush with her because she was in our very own city. She was arrested right. for drunk and disorderly, I think, yep. at the Minneapolis uh, International Airport. Yep. So this was actually right before the rehab stint. Yeah. She was arrested and uh, she was put in the, um, what do they call that facility? The It's detox. I don't detox, remember the exact yeah. name, but yeah. Yeah. She uh, was in a detox facility in uh, downtown Minneapolis. Yeah. We drove by, waved at her. We sure did. Different days. <laughs> <laughs> a different life, man. But yeah, so that so, was sort of our intersection with Tan. I mean, that's the thing that I think is uh, again another thing to kind of hold through all of this is like, where does the real person intersect with the character that is being shown to us? Because Tan Mom is very much a character, but Patricia Krenzel is a real person. Yeah, and so she's a real person who had a real thing happen to her, and then Tan Mom, the character, went through sort of the the fallout of that. Yeah. I don't know. We might Where not ever get to the answer. Where, I, I mean, you got to the end of this episode. How do, you, what do you, how do you feel about Tan Mom? You know, what's interesting is like I actually have uh, my feelings about Tan Mom are 
that she was probably unprepared for the level of fame that she received. And she never really gained great coping mechanisms through all of that. And to your earlier point, it's not Gina Rodriguez's job to provide those coping mechanisms. But Gina Rodriguez did a really good job of, of doing what she was supposed to do, which is turning the five seconds of fame into 15 minutes. Yeah. And here we are today, you know, almost 10 years, almost a decade later, because it was 2012 when when Tan Mom hit the scene. We still are talking about Tan Mom. Well, 2012 was an auspicious year, uh, especially for Gina Rodriguez, because I think that's also when she started working with our next, the subject of our next episode, Octomom. Nadia Suleiman. Many people know her as Octomom. You know Octomom. You've heard of Octomom. We are going to talk about Octomom in the next episode of Go Deep in the Shallow. Thank you for spending your time with us. And uh, you know what? Crush that like button or subscribe and review us. Yeah, leave us a review, please, and thank you. Tell everybody about us. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.